1: Welcome back to the show and today my guest is Coach T Anthony. A self-described wine snob, Coach T Anthony is a dating consultant who is committed to getting results for his clients. He spent the last 15 years helping others get the dating life they have always wanted and deserve. He's an influencer at Girls Ask Guys and has published several articles on dating to include being featured on Michael Fiore's Digital Romance Inc. Coach T Anthony has a background in behavioral science with an emphasis on behavior analysis interviewing. He helps men and women maneuver through the sometimes often chaotic world of online dating. The advice he shares comes from real practical experience and client interactions. He takes the frustration out of online dating and gets his clients to the finish line. His motto is simple. Online dating isn't the thing. It's the thing that gets us to the thing. That thing is an awesome relationship. They say everyone has the dating life that they deserve. Coach Anthony believes everyone deserves better And he can help you change that relationship status from Netflix, Oreos and sweatpants to I am taken. So I'm super excited to welcome Coach T. Anthony to the show. Welcome. Thank you for joining me.
2: Hey, I'm so happy to be here. It's been a long time coming.
1: Yeah, i was super excited. So obviously you are the dating guy and I know so many of my listeners right now are going through breakups at different stages, but I know a lot of them are going to be saying, I'm not ready to date yet. So when is a good time to start dating after your breakup?
2: That's a a very good question. And like you said, there are many people in different stages. So here's the way I kind of put it to my clients. If you've been in a long distance or a long uh, committed relationship or have been married for quite some time, I've read that it takes at least two years to get back to your single state of mind because we're so used to being in that marriage, being in that cohesive unit, you know, with different roles and different needs that once you are out of that, you're kind of like lost in a fog. Like, what do I do now? So, you know, it's very hard to date while you're still in that marriage mindset where you know you went through that life and trials and tribulations day in and day out so you really got to take some time to really get back to hey i'm single now i'm good i feel okay and now i'm going to go out and date on purpose and not date because i'm lonely
1: yeah quite often i'll see that but i often see clients who come to me and their criteria for choosing a new partner is two, there are two things. First one is they have a pulse. (laughs) And the second thing is they show them one tiny, tiny, tiny sign of affection. So what's your advice for choosing a partner to go on a date with?
2: Well, you have to lay down your standards and then stick to the standards. I see so many people that come to me and say, oh yeah, I, I have standards. This is what this is what I'm looking for, blah, blah, blah. But then they don't stick to it. So I always say anybody can go on a bad date. The most successful daters, though, are the ones that catch the red flags early, right? Mm-hmm. And then they let them go. The problem is so many people see something, a little glimmer of hope or or something that they like, and then they allow them to stay too long. It's a never-ending cycle. Of, then they come to me and say, why do I keep attracting these same people? And it's not. You're not attracting the same people. You're allowing them to stay in your life too long. So the earlier you can catch the red flag and move on to the next person that you have a standard for is the best thing that you can do. But the worst thing you can do is set standards and not follow them.
1: Ah, well, that's good. So how do you go about working out what your standards are? Because I know coming out of long-term relationships, you can feel a little bit bewildered not really knowing what your standards are and quite often fall back on what you know from the past, which probably hasn't worked out so well for you at this stage.
2: Right. So you really got to sit down and and, and have, take a piece of paper and say, this is what I had and what I don't want, and now this is what I want. Which I do want now, so it's 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 kind of like you almost gotta like dissect it a little bit. Here's the pros and cons of what happened, and here's what I like differently. And uh, it it takes it takes some time, you know. Mm. A lot of people get pressured back in. Just get back out there, you know. And it's like that's probably the worst advice you can ever get. I mean, I'm sure they mean well. And they're just trying to look out for you and they they think that you getting involved with someone else is probably gonna be the best thing for you, but more than likely it's not. So you definitely gotta one be ready and then just be particular on what didn't work the last time and what you're looking for this time. Because once you figure out what didn't work, pretty much your brain's gonna to start to go, okay, now I okay, this is what I want now, and then you can list them.
1: Yeah, I think that's really good advice and learning the lessons if you like from what went wrong so that you don't keep repeating them is 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 always a good a good lesson to learn I guess. So when you say red flags what do you mean by red flags so you said spot try and spot the red flags early what do you mean by that?
2: So, you know, a red flag could be someone stating that, you know, y- you may have done a couple of video chats with the person And you finally go on a socially distanced date with them, and they start really telling you what they want. And you gotta really pay attention because if someone says, Hey, I'm not looking for anything serious, I'm just looking for something casual, and you kind of not hear that, and you're just kind of hearing everything else that you like about them, you're doing a disservice to yourself because keep this in mind if they are saying something, that could not be very good for them and their outcome, it's more likely true, right? (laughs) It's, you know, so believe them when they say that because it doesn't help them to be that honest. That's so true. And I think a lot of people just skim over that and they go, but he's got beautiful eyes and, you know, and this and that. And I, I didn't even hear that part.
1: Or I can change him. I can change him. I can fix him. When he's met me, he's not going to want to be like that anymore.
2: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. What's the saying? Unspoken expectations uh, turn into premeditated resentment. Ah. Yeah. So if, if the expectations are not spoken, if you're not telling your date what you're looking for, and you think that you can secretly mold him into the perfect person, down the road, you're going to have premeditated resentment because you did it yourself. you got to be open and honest with what you're looking for and, and let the chips fall as they may because you don't want to secretly try and mold someone. It never works out. I know you think you can do it. you got the superpower. It doesn't work.
1: it's so true it's so true and you know people do quite often tell you up front who they are but I guess we just have to listen to it and and like you say not try to secretly mold them I love that so I guess now with people coming out of long-term relationships especially there is online dating, which didn't exist for a lot of people listening before they got into their relationship. And even if it did, it is a bit of a minefield, isn't it? So I know you're the online dating expert. So what are your top tips for creating a profile and getting yourself out there?
2: Well, I mean, I get a lot of clients that come to me and say, Hey, I was married for 25 years. I've seen online dating. I heard about it. My kids kind of showed me what they're doing on Tinder. When I was out with my girlfriends, they were telling me or showing me, you know, the guys that they're swiping on. But I also on the background hear all these horror stories. So I don't know anything about online dating as it pertains to me and what I need to do to kind of, you know, maneuver through the jungle, so to speak. And not get so frustrated where I become one of those statistics that say, you know, online dating sucks. It's not for me. And then they get on that bandwagon of, you know, don't do online dating. So that's kind of where, you know, a guy like me comes in. So I offered like a 30 day boot camp for people like that, you know, two Zoom calls a week. You know, we go through A to Z on everything, how to create a profile, how to, you know, stay away from toxic uh, conversations with strangers you're not even interested in. Because I see that a lot when people come to me. They're like, I spent an hour trying to tell this guy how to talk to me. And I'm like, there's one mistake right there. You don't need to educate idiots. That's all I always say that. <laughs> Never educate an idiot. Always concentrate on people that you're interested in and not the ones that you're not interested in. So, basic tips I would say get some photos taken. Don't be, you know, invest in yourself. You can always go on Facebook, get a small little mini shoot for a hundred bucks, tell the photographer that it's for online dating. Those always work out best. And every time a client does that, they have easy 75% more chance of finding a, a decent uh match because the algorithm, and I, I can't be for sure, but it's just because of my testing. The algorithm likes to send you like profiles. So if you have Bright, shiny pictures, and they're new and they're, you know, by a photographer, you're going to see a lot more of those other than you sitting in your bathroom with a selfie and it's dark and dingy and you got clothes in the background and, and on the floor and stuff like that. So there's ways to do it and then there's ways to not. And I always say, like one client, I say, when you go out with your girlfriends, how long does it take for you to get ready? They say, I don't know, two hours, maybe three. Okay. So when you, Sent me this profile. How long did it take you to put up this profile? 20 minutes. You know? So the investment's got to be the same. You got to invest in online dating, take your time and really put out a good profile. I mean, you wouldn't just whip together a resume, right? And you wouldn't just put some selfie on your LinkedIn. You wouldn't do that. But for some reason, <laughs> some odd reason, it's okay in online dating. And as I educate, you know, my clients in that aspect, they kind of, you know, the bells go off and go, oh, that makes sense. So if I can say anything to your audiences that take your time, do a little of an investment, that'll go much longer way than, you know, just throwing something up.
1: That's really good advice. i never thought about it that way. So how long do you take to get ready to go on a date? And then at least that to put together your profile? Absolutely. I think that's a great tip. And getting those professional photos done, I think, is also a really good idea. I love that. I didn't realize the algorithms work like that. So that's really good inside information. And then I know I have a question from listeners all the time saying, well, what do I say? That first line, especially there's lots of dating apps now where the woman has to make the first move if you match. And I think, you know, when your confidence is low as quite often it is after a breakup, especially if you've been dumped or your partner has gone off with somebody else, or you know even just feeling unattractive, the fact that you've got to make the first move and say something does it have to be you know witty or clever, or can it just be high? What's your best advice?
2: Okay, so I use bumble for ninety nine percent of my clients, and here's why. so when a female client comes to me and she's been doing online dating and she's completely frustrated. She gets all these messages that just explode her inbox and says, hi, hello, what's up, yo, all this, you know, it's the same thing over and over and over again. You know, she goes to work, she comes home and clocks in for her part-time job called online dating. And she, <laughs> all she does is, is go to her inbox and start responding to all these people. Bumble allows you to get away from all that. It puts you in charge and it takes that frustration out of it. So here's what I say to any woman that goes on Bumble that think they are making the first move. That is not a first move. It's just the way the app is set up. All you're doing is connecting first. A first move would be him asking you to dinner. So please keep that in mind as a definition of the first move. I know so many women that come to me, I don't want to make the first move. It's really not a first move. You're just in charge of who you want to talk to. So, Ah. right. So it's the mindset. It's kind of a mindset. It's like, there's no such thing as a first move on a dating app. First move is a move, right? (laughs) It's a move. And the guys understand when they're on the app that the women are kind of, it's in their realm to kind of, you know, message first. They, They don't see it as they're being, you know, coming after them instead of trying to, um, you know, make that, they, men don't think that way. They're just, hey, the app is set up this way. Hey, let's just play by the rules of the app. And they're not thinking first move, second move, or anything like that. So, yeah, the first message needs to be something like, hey, I saw your profile. I'm glad we matched. I see that you like such and such restaurant. Have you been to this restaurant? You always got to put out a call to action on a message. You got to make sure it's like, a, hey, I noticed this. How about that? You know, ah. so they have a chance to respond back. When you go, hi, or how are you? How's your day going? Nobody wants to respond to that because it's just a, a rolling ball of, you know, I'm good. How are you? I'm pretty good. How about yourself? What you been up to? It's nonsense. So you always got to make it, you know, hey, this is what I've noticed. And what about this?
1: That's really interesting because that shows that you're interested, I guess, enough to have read their profile pic or go back at least and just read their profile and see something about them, which might have been why you clicked in the first place. Because obviously there can be a time lag from liking somebody and then matching with someone. So by that point, so you're saying, go back, you know, if you've forgotten at that point, go back and just do a bit of research and just check out who they are so that you've got something interesting to say rather than like, hey, we matched.
2: Right. Right. And I think too many people are just, hey, let me just throw this out there. I call them the toe dippers. They want to dip their toes in the water, but they don't want to swim. And you're already online. You're already got your profile up. You're starting to match with people. Let's not stop there. Let's send a decent quality message that, you know, is interesting to them. And hopefully the response back will be interesting to you once you throw that call to action out to allow them to answer. Once you throw the question out there, it's easy for them to then start a dialogue.
1: How do you guard against the people that aren't who they say they are on there?
2: Well, once you get online, you'll start to see trends, like one profile picture, that's a red flag. No bio info, that's a red flag. If you can't look at a profile and be able to message someone with some interesting info from that profile, that profile is a red flag. So I'd say most of the scammers and stuff like that are very limited with their profile information. And of course, always check the, the grammar and the spelling. Usually scammers from a different country, you'll see different types of grammar that's broken up. And you know they say they're in Atlanta, Georgia, and they're speaking as if they're from Afghanistan.
1: Uh-huh. So you got
2: to really notice the grammar of According to you know where their you know geographical location is, that's one way to look at it. And you just kind of get a gut feeling, you know. Some of these like really magazine quality photos, you can kind of tell if you're in you know uh, London and they have a profile of nothing but pictures of them in like Miami, Florida. That it's kind of a disconnect, right? Yeah. You know why am I seeing you in Miami uh, on your profile, but you say you're in London?
1: Yeah. Okay. Really good tips there, I think. Because I think a lot of people are nervous about that because they're like you said before, they've heard the horror stories and it's just can put you off. And I find that a lot of clients are looking for any excuse not to do this because it's pushing them way out of their comfort zone. So I often hear "Well, it's embarrassing or what if so-and-so sees me or what if someone at work catches on that I'm online? What do you say to that? Is there still an embarrassment factor to being online dating?
2: I think that stigma was there at one point. The stigma was, if you're online dating, you're a loser. If you're (laughs) online dating, you must be desperate. If you're online dating, there's something wrong with you. That absolutely was there at one point, but not anymore. I mean, I think Bumble has 5 million users or something like that. I mean, wow. yeah, there's so many people doing online dating that you may see a rumbling or two about online dating. Those are probably from the people that Didn't really invest, didn't really do much of their homework to actually do it right. So now they're trying to get on the bandwagon and just make themselves feel better, right? Because it didn't succeed for them. And look, here's the thing I tell my clients when they come to me and they have more, you know, excuses and and bad feelings. I say, look, a relationship is not easy to find. And I always say online dating isn't the thing. It's the thing that gets us to the thing. And if you use it like that as a tool, you'll be fine. And, you know, and also I always say when you pray for rain, you got to deal with the mud. <laughs> you have to. It. You got to be patient. There's going to be some stumbling blocks, a little bit of frustration, but you got to get through it just like anything else.
1: So how do you deal then with things like the ghosting? Because a lot of my clients have been rejected from their last relationship. So putting themselves out there, dipping their toe in the water or getting right in and following your advice. How do they protect themselves emotionally from those people that are just going to disappear or not answer, or you'll be in the middle of what can be the best chat and you think you're really connecting and you're expecting to be asked on a date or to bring it up at some point anytime soon. And then they just, disappear, and you're left going, what happened? What did I do? And I think that fear is very real for a lot of my clients and listeners.
2: Yeah, no, I get a lot of clients that, you know, hey, I've been talking to this person, blah, blah, blah. And now they're gone. Here's what I tell my clients. I'm like, listen, it is a blessing in disguise that they disappeared on you. Because think about this. Say you got involved with this person, and as I like to say, what if the you know a crisis happens? If they can't communicate that they're not interested in you at this point, at this stage, how are they going to communicate when a crisis goes down as a couple? You've been blessed. So take that as a blessing and move on because you want someone who is able to communicate with you at all times, even if it is a little bit negative.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think they dodge a bullet if someone leaves because she just says a lot about them, not about you. I usually say to my clients because, you know, if they're going to disappear. Well, phew, next, I always say next. <laughs> so what are the rules then for online dating? You know, how often should you be on there? What do you need to be actively doing? How do you really maximize the efficiency? Because obviously we want this to have a high chance of being successful and finding someone.
2: Well, I think once you, you know, you get your profile down, you get some good photos up there, you know, you spend maybe three days a week, you get home from work, maybe 30 minutes and spend some time looking at profile. And, you know, the ones that aren't using Bumble or or something like that, try to stay away from the messaging, the message boxes. In my experience, the, the one for you is not in your message box. It just isn't. It's the one that you swiped on. It's the one that you're interested in. It's the one that you are engaging with, not responding to. So always try and look at it that way. Like, hey, I'm going to jump online here and I'm going to start you know, swiping on people that I want to talk to. And not worry so much about the people that want to talk to me. Now, I'm not saying that you don't have to look at your messages. Just don't spend all your entire, you know, 30 minutes on looking for something that may not be there through all the messages mm-hmm. and say, Hey, hi, how are you? What's going on? You know. So that's my, you know, suggestion because a lot of females will come to me and just say they're so frustrated. And I put them on a two-week diet of you're not looking at messages at all for two weeks. All you're doing is going to be swiping right on the people that you like. It's going to be hard, but you got to get out of that cycle of just getting in there and, and thinking that your match is somehow in some kind of like, you know, box. In, you know, yeah. They're not in that box, they're in where you're attracted to. So. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah, really good advice. Really good advice. So, if you are doing that, then so you say you are on Bumble and in your message box, there will be people that you've liked. So, you would have matched together. So, then you can talk to those people. How many people do you think you should speak to at one time? Because obviously, if you're going to get ghosted, some people are going to disappear. Some people might have met matches. How do you manage your, the number of people you're speaking to?
2: That's a great question. And it really depends on how social you are. Because, you know, in the beginning, it's just getting to know people. So there's nothing wrong with speaking to three to five people at all, because you're trying to get to know them to see if there's a bigger connection there. Now, if you don't like being that social, that could be overwhelming. Talking to five people at once could be like, oh, my gosh, I can't do that. So just talk to one or two. If you match, wait till they match back and then just talk and go one at a time. It all depends on your comfort level. And I never tell a client that they have to talk to a certain amount of people or anything like that. But you do have to talk to someone. <laughs> right? Yeah.
1: But And also, you don't want to get left with nobody that you're talking to because that can trigger oh, well, everyone rejects me so I'm off so having you know at least two maybe three I would say to just so that if one of them does disappear you're not left going oh no I've been rejected again I think that can really help as you're getting yeah. used to it I guess
2: in the end it's like a numbers game I had a guy come to me and goes well every time that they ghost me or they're not interested I, I just feel bad and I'm like think about what you just said You can't be that arrogant to think that everybody on the planet is going to be interested in you. You just can't think like that, right? Yeah. That's that's just, you can't do that. So you have to understand that you are not always going to be someone's cup of tea, and that's okay.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And not everyone's going to be yours. So it works both ways. So we can't get upset about it. Right, right. So another question for you. When you're on these dating apps, because it's texting, and because all of us are sort of at home more at the moment because of the pandemic especially, we are relying very much on these apps for meeting people because we can't go to bars in the UK. In the UK, it's total lockdown. And actually, the Prime Minister uh, currently has made it illegal to have sex with someone you don't live in the same household with. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So dating has a whole new sort of twist, and a lot of it now is, well, obviously all of it is socially distanced and starting on these apps. But... For a lot of my clients, they won't have flirted with anyone for a very long time. You know, they'll have been with one person, whether it was a year or whether it is thirty years or more. It's a difficult thing to sort of get going again, especially over text, because you can't really do it with your eyes or flicking your hair or whatever you might go to as a if you're in person with someone. So, how do you avoid getting friend zoned and how do you keep it interesting and, and flirt through messaging?
2: You have to keep the conversation going. By switching platforms. So you text for a couple of days and then you say, Hey, how about we do a FaceTime? Move quickly to video chat and have a couple of video chat dates, maybe play a game, you know, uh two truths and a lie, or you know, something like that. And so just to get to know someone a little better, right?
1: Ooh, um, I like
2: so it. There's ways to do it, but a lot of clients that I've had said, you know, it just fizzled out. And I was like, Well, how long were you texting them? three weeks. I can't, you can't text that long. You got to keep it moving. Different platforms, different avenues. And, you know, you could set up a date where, hey, I'm going to make this dish and you make your favorite dish and we'll put the camera up there and we'll just talk and drink. And there's all kinds of things that you can do and you got to be okay with it because we are in a pandemic. We are in a lockdown. Let's slow things down, really start to get to know people, have fun with it. Because everyone still wants to be connected, even though we're in this pandemic and lockdown. This is one way to do it. Video chats. I myself have ramped up my Instagram lives just to connect with more people. And it's been great for my mental health, for sure. So don't be afraid to use video chat. You know, you can text a little bit, but don't get too caught up in that because it will fizzle just like anything else. So move it along, change platforms, and keep it fresh.
1: Okay. That's great advice. So a first date, like a video date could be more than just a Zoom chat. Then you could do things like have dinner and have a drink. You said that's a really good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So when it then comes to meeting in person, who asks first? And if you want to meet them, should you just ask? Does it matter? Is there like a done way of doing it or what would you recommend?
2: Depends. I have female clients that say, "How do I get the guy to ask me out?" Because obviously, she wants the man to lead. She's traditional like that. She's she doesn't want to be the one to to make that first, you know, move or suggestion. And sometimes you have to like you can say it like, "Hey, maybe some at one point we can meet in the park and do a socially distanced date, or something like that," without actually asking him just say, hey, maybe one day we can do it and see what their response is. You're giving them a chance to actually then take the lead and say, yeah, that'd be great. What, what are you doing next week? Oh, um, I, like so I always say, you know, at this moment in time, let's slow things down. So let's find out if they're COVID worthy. That's what I like to say. And if they are, then great. Do your socially distanced coffee in the park or a walk or whatever. You could park two cars next to each other and talk through the window.
1: you got a quick getaway that way, haven't you? (laughs) Zoom off if you don't like them.
2: (laughs) That's true. Back it in instead of pulling it. That way you can (laughs) speed up, right? But yeah, so those are just little examples. And some will say, well, that's just ridiculous. I'm just going to wait. Well, you can wait. That's fine. But we have to be creative in this time. And it's a little different, maybe awkward. But it can be done. And I've done it myself. And so have a lot of my clients. So it just depends on your level of where you want to be with connecting with people, right?
1: Yeah. And if you're super nervous, you can do the, the parking lot one and leave the engine running. <laughs> so you don't even have to panic. You can just hit the reverse or the accelerator. I love it. I love it. There you go. For those of you listening who are very nervous about your first date, that could be a good option for you. Okay. So... I know we're in COVID times at the moment, so physical contact is out, but just so we know, is it okay to kiss on a first date if it, we're not in a pandemic and it's not breaking the law or putting anyone at danger? And when should you wait to get intimate with your partner? Is there, you know, third date, fifth date? Is there a date? I don't know. What do you say, Coach D?
2: Look, this is all uh, you know, gut intuition and feeling. You know, if you're on a first date, it's going well. You guys are like physically interacting with each other, high-fiving, maybe she's pushing you, you know, and you get that moment to actually go in for a kiss. One of two things are going to happen. You're going to get the lips or you're going to get the cheek. So just go for it, right? (laughs) So, you know, and as for, you know, getting intimate with someone, that again is another gut intuition. They always say, well, If they don't sleep with me by the third date, then it's over. I mean, let's be real. I mean, sometimes it's quicker than that. It's just the chemistry and the compatibility. And you got to go based on that and not like what the social media is telling you or what you read in articles and all that. And conversational honesty is also the key. I'm sure you probably had conversations with, with, with the person about being intimate. And maybe they've discussed that, well, I don't want to be intimate till I get married. Little things like that will come out, I'm sure, which will give you a, a better basis on on how to move forward, right?
1: Yeah. I guess also having your boundaries there. So you're not getting pushed or influenced by what somebody else wants, but you're you know, working within what you're comfortable with as well. That's important too. If you haven't quite got it right, what they want, what they don't want, it's always good to know what you want to start with, I guess. So I'm a big believer that when you've come out of a relationship and you are feeling a bit bruised by it, it's not about immediately searching for Mr. or Miss Right when you're on the dating app. So even when you're ready to move on it, I I think sometimes there's a case for Mr. or Miss Right now, which can help your confidence and and boost your ego a bit. What what do you think about that?
2: I have a lot of clients that Just want to, you know, I wouldn't say sow their oats, so to speak, but (laughs) they've been married for so long that they just want to kind of have some fun. And that's okay because we can set a profile up for that also and make it classy and not like you're coming off as, you know, doesn't look too good. So I have plenty of people that just want to, hey, I want to take a year or two off and just have some fun. And that's fine. No problem. There are a lot of people out there that want the same thing. And I think the more honest you are on your profile, the better off you'll be. I think a lot of guys think that they have to say, I want to say I'm looking for a serious relationship, that I want a commitment and all that, just so that they can possibly get a casual situation. And I'm like, no, you got to do the opposite. Many women are going to be like, no, that's not what I want. But the few that are looking for that will respect you for the honesty and saying, this is what you want. So you have to really just lay it out there and go for it and not just try and play this dance that you think you have to say this to get that.
1: But yeah. Being honest, I think is really key. And also being honest, as we spoke about earlier, that if someone's written in their profile, they're looking for something casual. Don't go in hoping you can change their mind right. on that. You might be able to, but I mean, don't base everything on that. Right.
2: Right. Absolutely.
1: So I guess with dating online, then what other chances do you think of it being successful? Yeah. Is, is there a high chance of you meeting someone there that you're going to walk off into there happily ever after with? What's your experience?
2: Yes, because otherwise, say, um, you know, you go to the bar with some friends maybe twice a month. This is pre-pandemic. Just think about the the possibilities of you actually allowing serendipity on the outside to actually happen. And you write it down. and Say, OK, here's the chances of me actually meeting someone on the outside, here's the chances of me actually meeting someone on online dating. It's 100% possibility on online dating because you have so many people that you can connect with. Where on the outside, and there's traditionalists that say, well, I just want to meet someone in real life and blah, blah, blah. That's great. As long as you're not stuck in your phone at Starbucks doing your own thing and, you're, and your head is up and you're actually making eye contact with people, it can absolutely happen. But how many times do you see that? When you walk into a coffee shop, everyone's stuck in their phone. Nobody's looking up, nobody's making a connection. So the possibility of that happening out there is not even remotely close to online dating. Because if you're online dating, you're looking for someone. You already know. When you're on the outside, you don't know if they're married, you know, have a boyfriend, girlfriend. You're taking a, a chance to just say hi, and you're gonna have to do that a lot to just find someone that is in the same shoes that you are. So yes, online dating is, in my world, is number one uh, of finding someone.
1: Wow. Well, that is encouraging. That is really encouraging for everyone out there. And I see your point. In fact, the more dating apps take off, the less likely in the real world you're going to meet someone because they're going to have their head in a dating app and they won't even notice you walking into the room. (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) Okay, I love it. That's so true. They could be actually dating online At the Starbucks in line. (laughs) (laughs) It's a new trend for 2021.
1: (laughs) Well, hopefully, we will be able to get out there and get back out there dating. One of the things I always ask my guests is my podcast is called Heartbreak to Happiness. And I think in order to find happiness, you've got to know what it is for you. So, Coach D, what is happiness for you?
2: Happiness is being able to wake up every day and Say, okay, I'm good. I'm good. I'm not thinking about my ex. I'm not thinking about what went wrong. Yeah, it might flow into my mind uh, here and there, but it's not a constant debilitation. Like I got out of a toxic relationship six months ago. And for the first three months, it was almost debilitating because I couldn't get that exited out of my brain. And I found out that time is truly a healer and it does, after time, start to, to diminish. Also, I also recommend no contact. Block them, get rid of them. Every day you have no contact with them is every day you heal. And it is absolutely true. A, a psychologist told me that and I was like, ah, you know, because you always want to check out who, what's going on with them and everything. But I said, OK, I'll do it. And man, that is one of the best pieces of advice I've ever had
1: yeah absolutely. It's like picking a scab, otherwise you're sort of reconnecting with them and the energy all the time as well as not telling your story to everybody you meet too that keeps you stuck too so absolutely. well, I'm glad you're healing on that and are you online dating then right now?
2: I have so many accounts uh yeah i uh, absolutely so oh, wow. you know, but I'm taking it slow. I'm not you know I have a few out there that hey, I actually say I'm a dating coach and I'm just uh, you know. I'm looking for new people to, you know, meet and talk to and and see where it goes down the line. I'm not actually, you know, raring to get back into another relationship. But I do that also because I have to be on the app. So I do
1: research.
2: Yeah, I (laughs) am on there. And if I do meet someone that's kind of like, yeah, I, I like to meet someone too that and let's just see where it goes. But, you know, for clients, some clients are coming in. They like, I know exactly what I want. So we wouldn't put stuff like that on, on theirs. We would go a little bit deeper in finding that, you know, that connection. But for me, uh, eh, you know, I'm out, I'm on there and that's okay. You might find a, a new friend or, or, or whatever, but uh, there's nothing wrong with getting on there and just chatting with people and talking to them and just be honest. And, you know, it's fine. You know, it's good. I love
1: it. I love it. So Obviously, all the listeners out there that want to find you could find you on a dating app for sure. But if they want to find more out about what you do and your coaching services, where can they go to find more out about you?
2: Uh, They can just hit me up on Instagram at the date coach. Everybody finds me on there anyway. So uh, feel free to follow me. Uh, Send me a DM if you have questions. Um, I'm always looking to help. So
1: oh that's wonderful Well, thank you for all the amazing work you do and helping so many people around the planet connect and find love you've been an awesome guest thank you so much for joining me
2: thank you it was fun let's do it again soon
1: yeah absolutely and that's it for today's episode be sure to head on over to at the date coach on instagram to find out more about coach t and i look forward to you joining me on our next episode
0: that's it for today's episode of heartbreak to happiness head on over to itunes and subscribe to the show one lucky listener every single week that posts a review in itunes will win the chance in the grand prize drawing to win a private vip day including exclusive one-on-one coaching with sarah davison herself be sure to head on over to heartbreak to happiness podcast.com and pick up a free copy of sarah's gift then join us on the next episode